Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I want Sister Marquez to come here today and, and, and preach the word. And we're thankful for her ministry and and for sensitivity to the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, we're, how many were going to get behind, uh, be, get behind her today? Amen. If you're going to get behind her, I'd like for you to stand in the house of the Lord. We want to preach with her. You can say amen in this house. You can say hallelujah in this house. You can, you can say I believe it. Amen. Let's do that. Everybody say amen. amen. Now let's say it like Pentecostals. Amen. amen. God bless you. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Man, so great to be able to be here with our dear friends, Pastor and Sister Burke. We were going through, um, well, I was going through my memories trying to remember when was the last time that I saw uh, my very good friend, Sister Burke, and I guess it was in 2021. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but time really does fly really does, but um, I was thinking that was way too long to not be able to see my friend. But I'm very glad for people like Sister Burke because when you have great friends in your life, it, it just really helps you be a, a different person. And you, church, are very blessed to have Pastor and Sister Burke in your life. Amen. And, Well, and I get to keep up with y'all because of Sister Sheets, <laughs> because she's always faithful in updating us and letting us know how things are going, and y'all are blessed to have Sister Sheets in your life also. So I, I honor Sister Sheets, Lord bless her also. And I'm so glad that uh, my husband is here, Lord bless him. He is such an awesome and amazing man, so I, I'm very blessed to have him as my husband and also as a, as a co-worker in the gospel because he is an amazing minister besides being my husband. We are going to be celebrating 25 years of marriage this month, so I'm thankful for that also. Lord bless him. I have felt the spirit of God since I walked in. Brother Austin, you did a great job. Uh, teaching this morning about silence. Amen. If that's something we have learned, an uh, art of uh, spiritual disciplines, just to be able to stay quiet. It's hard for people to just stay quiet. People like to talk. You feel really uncomfortable when there's silence. But in order to hear God's voice, sometimes you got to be quiet. And a lot of times people ask, well, why can't I hear God? It was because you're talking too much. But it was very, very awesome to be able to hear your teaching. Lord bless you. 
But I like to go to the Word of God now. I do feel like the Lord has something He'd like to share with us. I felt when the power of God just swept in this place, and, and I know that He wants to do something before we walk out of here. If we could go to Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. God longs to pour out his glory upon his people so that we may know him. This experience is not just for us personally, but for the harvest of souls the Lord would draw in through the magnetic influence his presence has on the lost. There is such a war over the manifest presence of God. That's why 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 says, but we all with the unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord and I like to preach this morning with a title from glory to glory from glory to glory if we could put our Bibles to one side and if we could pray Let's ask the Lord to open our minds so that we can understand his word. Open our hearts so that we might be able to receive it. Let's lose a gift of faith knowing that wherever there's faith, the Lord can do absolutely anything amongst his people. I know that the Lord would love to do miracle signs and wonders and heal people. He wants for everyone to live different than the way that we walked in today. So in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, God, for everything that we have felt up until this moment. We know, Lord, that you've already been moving. You've already spoken to us. We thank you, God, for what we have felt up until this moment. But, Lord, we ask that no one leave the same way that they walked into this place. We ask that you open our minds so that we can understand your word, that you open our hearts so that we can receive it. We ask you, Lord, that you open our ears and fine-tune them so that we can hear only what you want for us to hear. We ask you, Lord. Lord, that you lose the gift of faith in this place, knowing that wherever there's faith, absolutely anything can happen amongst your people. We ask you, Lord, that you begin to move even now here, that miracle signs and wonders might happen, that healing may occur in every form. We ask you, Jesus, that you do what you want to do here in Landmark God. We ask you, Lord, that you be glorified amongst us in the precious name of Jesus we pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You may be seated, friends, in Jesus' name, from glory to glory. The question comes up, why is it necessary to move from glory to glory? Isn't one glory as good as the next? The answer is no. In every season of glory, we experience a new order that God brings to our lives as we mirror his image to a greater extent. We then begin to add a new method, a settled plan or strategy of how we operate within that new order. It is our way of implementing what we have learned from God. We cannot allow ourselves to become so organized in God's last manifestation of glory that the enemy uses it to hold us back from God's next step for our lives. 
It is very easy to become legalistic or build binding doctrines around a truth that God revealed during a past season of glory. We must move forward when it comes time for God to change the season in our lives. If we do not allow God to move us from glory to glory, we will get caught up living in an old season. As the Spirit moves us toward becoming more like Jesus, the methodology of an old season will not propel us into the future. We need something new. We need something fresh. We need a new glory. This is one of the wiles of the enemy to hold us captive in the last manifestation of God. This makes us live in the past rather than move into the best that is ahead for our lives. This is how religious spirits operate. When we are moving in God's glory, the religious spirit would like for us to stay where we have always been. Makes us want to stay where we have always stayed. Begins to question what is God trying to do. We don't like new things. But God wants us to move from glory to glory. Because this is where angelic visitation occurs. We must co-labor with heaven when we are moving in the glory realm on earth. The greatest days in church history are not in your past, friends. They are now in our present. They are in our future. We, the church, have entered a new era that will be the most exciting and fruitful season in church history. Our best days are now. Let me say it again. Our best days are now. They were not in the past. They are not behind us. They are right now. We will see the greatest harvest of souls in world history. And the greatest spiritual transformation of nations that has ever been witnessed. Such an increased fruitfulness on the part of the church is due in large part to the Spirit's restoration of the five-fold ministry gifts the Lord has given to us. Something amazing and very strategic has been happening in the body of Christ. It actually began decades ago, but it is now accelerating exponentially. It's been under the radar of much of the body, but a listening remnant is beginning to hear it once again. A tremendous move of the kingdom is beginning here on earth. Something huge is taking place. We cannot just stay silent and asleep, wondering what is going on going on we have to shake ourselves and begin to see what God is doing long-awaited promises cries of the heart are beginning to happen right now in the time that we are living in I say once again the greatest days in church history are not in our past they are right now in our present something is beginning that is going to be unlike anything that has ever 
been experienced in the past. It is not vague. It is not blurry. It is very clear. All you have to do is wake up and see what is going on. A magnificent new season is now being activated in the kingdom. It is potent with the Holy Spirit and with power. And it is waiting for us, the children of God, to activate and to engage with what God is doing. It is time for us to shake ourselves. We cannot come into the church house and just sing the same songs that we have always sung. We cannot just come in and pray for a few moments and leave back home and say, well, we felt the spirit of God. The Lord is asking for us to stand up and be the church of the living God, our world has entered a defining moment. It is a tipping point moment where we are reaping what we have sown. Iniquity, sin, and rebellion of a generation has begun to manifest in ways we thought we would never see, such as abortion, gender confusion, humanistic values, and immorality. Tipping point moments or defining moments are defined by who defines the moment. We allow the world to define the moment. People out in the world are saying what can be done. While many stay silent and say it's okay because they stay silent. As long as we stay silent, they'll keep talking. But when the church stands up and begins to use their voice, when we begin to be the church, Jesus has called his church his ruling and reigning body, his governing intercessors to rise up and define this moment. We have been prepared and God expects for us to do it. Isaiah 55 is a prophetic word given by God through Isaiah the prophet. It is important to understand that this is a prophetic word. Please note the wording God uses in verse 11. It says, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Prophetic words will do the work I send them to do. They'll complete the assignment I give them. Another version says, prophetic words have assignments, friends. For example, Mary, the mother of Jesus, asked the angel Gabriel, how can I have a son by immaculate conception? How is that possible? Amazingly, the angel Gabriel quoted to her a prophecy that is recorded in Isaiah 7 and 14. He said, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Clearly, angels pay attention to prophetic words and their assignments. Then Gabriel said to Mary, we can see in Luke 1 and 37, with God, nothing is impossible. 
when we see this verse, the word nothing does not mean zero. He does not say not one thing is impossible with God. We could make a case for that, but that isn't what the word says. The angel Gabriel uses the Greek word rema. No rema is impossible with God. It means a word that God speaks fresh to us. It's like a prophetic word to us. It is a personalized word to us. It is a word of promise that the Spirit breathes fresh anointing on, causing that word to come alive. And you know that it is a word that comes from the Lord. It is a word that speaks directly from God. Rema is Holy Spirit made alive words that is activated to produce when you stand for that word in faith. Faith is always an active ingredient within that word. Gabriel says literally, no Rema word is impossible. Now, when you see the word impossible in this scripture, impossible is aduneteo, and that is the Greek word that means impotent, weak, or unable. So this great archangel says to Mary, Mary, nothing that God says or promises to you is impotent, weak, nothing that he prophesies will not come to pass, it will produce because my God uses Rema words which are powerful words anything that he prophesies will always work what are you trying to say sister Marquez any promise that my God makes anything that my God says when my God speaks, when it comes from heaven, when it comes from his mouth, when it is a rhema word, it is not a word that comes from man. It is a word that is backed with power. It is a word that comes from heaven. It is a word that comes back, backed with his power. So we see the angel say, confess it, Mary. Because even though it was a word from heaven, even though it was a Rema word, confess it, Mary. Because if Mary did not take the word, Mary said yes. She expressed her faith. Be it unto me according to your word. God says in this prophetic Rema word through Isaiah, the word that I give to you will not return void. It will do what I want it to do. It will accomplish what I determine it to accomplish. My word to you, my prophetic word to you, my promise to you will complete the assignment I gave to them. We need to recognize that prophetic words and Rema words will always have an assignment to them. God gives him as assignments to be activated by his people, his kingdom, his church, 
a nation. A prophetic word to us is an assignment for us to grow to completion. We are to believe that word from conception to completion. So that means if God made you a promise and you have it from conception, then you need to have faith until it comes to completion. That means you need to continue working. You need to continue believing. You need to continue having faith until it comes to pass. In other words, we can't say, well, God said it, so it's going to happen. It has to be acted on by faith. God's promises are conditional upon our response of faith. It has to be stood for. It has to be believed for. It has to be fought for. It has to be prayed for. It has to be fasted for. You have got to fight the enemy for it. You have got to fight hell for it. You have got to get right in there and say, God promised me. God showed me. You can't just sit there with your hands crossed saying, God gave me a word. It's going to come to pass. Friends, whenever we go to war, we just don't sit there and expect for us to win the battle without ever going to fight for it. Someone has got to understand that when you go to war, it's an all-out fight. You have got to fight for what God has promised you. The prophetic word has a God assignment on it that simultaneously gives the church an assignment as well. When we hear a word of the Lord, it assigns something to us that we must decree, pray, and strategize with the Holy Spirit about and implement. We must engage with angel armies that are activated to assist us. It simultaneously gives us an assignment. When we engage with the realm of word, the potent power of the spirit begins to activate supernaturally to do what God wants done. Remember what the apostle Paul told his spiritual son, Timothy. Prophetic words are strategies for good warfare. First Timothy 1 and 18. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Another version reads, I'm passing this work on to you, my son Timothy. The prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this. All those prayers are coming together now. So you will do this well, fearless in your struggle. Every prayer is now coming together. The prophetic words and decrees of faith from long ago are coming together like a battering ram, opening doors to a new season. They have prepared us to rise up and define this moment. Strategies of good warfare are providing pathways to victory after victory after victory. We are in a different season. We are not fighting the same battles that we used to fight. 
We are fighting to engage in victories now. We're not fighting just to survive anymore. We are not in survival mode. We are in obtaining mode. And that must become our mindset. We are not fighting the devil just so that we can survive. We have got to understand that we are children of the most high. King, and with that comes power, with that comes dominion. We have got to put the devil under our feet where he belongs. We are not in survival mode, my friends. It is time to obtain victories. You have got to go for what belongs to to you. You cannot just let the devil do whatever he wants to do to you anymore. He cannot do whatever he wants to do to your family. He cannot come after you like he has been coming after you. This season is going to be marked by a church that is triumphant and moving in victory. The world has never seen anything quite like the church that is about to rise up. The identity of the church is entering a destiny changed to represent the kingdom. We are entering into a supernatural era. The most supernatural era that the kingdom of God has ever had on earth. We are pregnant with promise that is about to be birthed. This is a season of open doors for miracles. And the completion of miracles that we have been waiting for. We are moving into a miraculous movement moment. We are children of God with the DNA of our Father inside of us to subdue and to have dominion on this earth, to disciple and bind and loose, to permit or to forbid, to represent the mighty kingdom of heaven on earth. His seed is in us, ready to break forth and produce, ready to decree his word, ways, life, authority, and power. This is the supernatural prepared for season when the church finds her voice. We are here to give voice to the will of God here on this planet. We are here to voice the governing decrees of our kingdom. To shift the region. To shift the city. To shift the nation. And to shift the world. Friends, your city is just waiting for you to find your voice. Is there anyone in this place that is ready to find your voice? voice because God wants to use you oh if we could only understand if we could only understand the power that resides within us if we could only understand that we're not just any old people that we have been chosen that we have been bought that we have been redeemed that we are people of the living God some of the ways that we identify is that it is time for a new era to begin Fresh anointings of the spirit begin to break out everywhere. And we're seeing it, friends. This is the thing that if we as a church of God, if we as a people of God don't begin to embrace it, God's going to find somebody who will. 
God is going to find the hungry and he's just going to begin to pour out his spirit for whosoever will. Whosoever will. Because there are people that are hungry. There are people who are looking. There are people who are seeking. There are people that are so desperate for a manifestation of God's glory. They are in their schools. They are in their homes. They are crying out. And the thing is that we are so used to feeling God's presence that we come into his house we're so used to feeling it that we have become accustomed to God's presence oh God help us angel activity begins angels always assist new outpourings the prophetic words of the apostles and the prophets begin to declare it all three are happening right now and are accelerating all over the world in the spirit realm, it's like heaven is amped up. All of his kingdom is now engaged and on assignment because a new season has begun. In Mary's case, the Holy Spirit and his angels were engaged in incredible ways. Angel armies were involved all around Mary's visitation. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, birthing the assignment on a prophetic word. A virgin will conceive a son. That word had now intersected its moment. Impossible in the natural realm, but a Rema word potent with power would produce, even though most of the world was oblivious to it. Obviously, it was time for a new season. It was time for a transition toward a new covenant. It was time for a new period of history. God manifested in flesh for our salvation. 33 years after Mary birthed, the supernatural promise of God, the Holy Spirit and his angel armies were engaged again in incredible ways. Jesus was now going to the cross. And we're told that over 12 legions of angels, that's 72,000 angels. I know I went to go look it up. I wanted to know how many angels were there, were available to help him under the Spirit's command. There was aggressive increase of the spirit and angels all around that occasion because prophetic words had intersected their moment. The assignment on prophetic words had come. Approximately 300 messianic prophecies in the Old Testament had come to fullness with awesome assignments on these words. Who has believed our report? The prophet prophesied concerning the cross in Jesus. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53. 
after the cross, the spirit and angels continued to aggressively move to fulfill prophecies with assignments, preparing the way for supernatural fulfillment of another one. 50 days after the cross and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came into an upper room. And just in case you don't know, we're in those days right now. Because on May 28th is the day of Pentecost. 120 were waiting. The Spirit came again. As another prophecy. We know angels were engaged in the upper room. Assisting hovering over each. Because the prophet Ezekiel prophesied. A prophetic word. Then on Pentecost. Peter stood and declared another prophetic word. In Acts chapter 2 verse 17. In the last days God says. I will pour out my spirit. Upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red. Before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is time for every one of us to embrace our assignments, my friends. No more pretending to be Christians. No more pretending that we love God but live our own way. No more faking it. Commitment needs to deepen. Prayer needs to deepen. It is time to engage. Our faith needs to deepen. Our gifts and our callings need to activate at much higher levels. Our witness needs to be strong. Sister Marquez, what's going on? I was looking at my calendar because I write everything down. I carry journals and I do things. It's been almost a year now. It's May 7th today. May 9th last year. I was sitting in my house. It was a Monday morning. So I'm just sitting at my house drinking coffee. Was just relaxing. Sitting with my husband. Getting my cup of coffee. Drinking it with him. Was just at home. When I turn to him and I say, honey, if I tell you to call the ambulance, call the ambulance. Never have told him to do that in my life. Up until then, I had had eight strokes, two heart attacks. All these other things happened to me. But usually we get in the car and we rush to the hospital. Never an ambulance. He said, what do you mean call an ambulance? He said, let's check your blood pressure. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, I feel really strange. Something's the matter with me. He said, well, let's go to the hospital. I said, I don't think I'm going to make it. Something's wrong. So we go. We sit at the kitchen table. He takes out our blood pressure cuff. It's one of those really fancy ones. The one of those that costs like two or $300 that you put on here. After COVID, we had to have one just to make sure our hearts were okay and stuff. He starts checking my blood pressure when he starts checking it. I start to have a massive stroke. I went completely paralyzed on the left-hand side of my body. He calls 911. 
I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. Fire department got their first run up. We live in Little Rock, so it's kind of a high steep hill where we live at. They go running up. They look at me. They ask my husband, has your wife ever had strokes before? He said she's had eight of them. They said she's having a massive stroke right now. They take me. By this time, the ambulance gets there. It's the EMTs. They check me. They said, sir, your wife's having a massive stroke. Take me to Baptist. When I get there, they start doing all of these testings, and they tell my husband she's having a massive stroke. Doctor comes in, and he says there's something wrong with her heart, too. So I'm having a massive stroke. Something's wrong with my heart at the same time. All of a sudden, I feel this desperation inside of me, and I know that something's really wrong. So I try to get up out of the bed to go running out of the hospital. My husband lays me back down, says, no, you can't get up. You have to stay here. I try to get up again to leave because I know something's really, really wrong with me. I don't want to stay there anymore. And he lays me back down. When he lays me back down, I pass out. I don't know what's going on with me. My husband says that the monitors went crazy. I start to flatline. I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know where I went. All I know is I heard my husband praying for me. When I hear him praying, I hear him really praying for me because I'm not there anymore. I'm dying or I'm dead, one of the two. What I hear him saying is my mom's not here anymore. My dad's not here anymore. And now my wife is gone. I start fighting because I don't want to die. I don't want to go. My husband's going to be there by himself. So I start trying to fight to live. When I finally open my eyes, I see my husband. He's crying over my body, and I try to touch him, completely paralyzed on my left-hand side. Long story short, I end up going out of the hospital. Couldn't move. Sometimes I still have to use my cane because half of the time I can't feel the left-hand side of my body. I lost hearing completely on my left-hand side couldn't hear at all. Sometimes I still can't hear on the left-hand side of my body. A week passed. After the week passed, I was scheduled to preach a national conference. My husband said, you're going to cancel, right? I said, no. He said, what do you mean you're not going to cancel? I said, no, I'm not going to cancel. They haven't had a national conference in two years because of COVID. I'm going to go. He said, but, but you can't go. I said, well, you can go with me. And from that moment, my husband's been traveling with me. We go everywhere together now because most times I can't travel by myself. So my husband is with me everywhere. And he started preaching and evangelizing also. We're together everywhere. But because most times I have such a hard time being able to go by myself anywhere. Most people don't know that because I don't say it. But after that happened, people started calling our close friends saying, why don't you just stop traveling? Why don't you just stop doing? You've done so much already. Why don't you just stay at home and just take it easy? Other people will say, we're going to pray for your complete healing, Sister Marquez. But I sat down and I started praying and I told God, God, you have been so good. You have been so great. Something happened to me after I flatlined. When I opened my eyes, after a week of being at home and praying and really not having much of a blood pressure at all, not being able to do very much at all, and being able to finally recuperate and move, I thought to myself, with the days that I have left, I'm not going to waste them. 
with the days that God has extended my life, I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to find something that I haven't been able to find before. I cannot just go into a place and have a normal service anymore. I have begun to pray and seek God more than I ever have in my whole life because I see the signs. I see what God is doing because I started looking. I cannot just go in a church and have a good service and thank God for all of the miracles he's done because miracles friends that's just for a moment but there is going to be a time when the Lord calls us all home I cannot go into a service and thank God that he healed your body praise God that he did it but there's going to be a time when the trumpet sounds and he calls us all home and I have got to be sure that something happened where we have awakened as a church if you just turn on the news and you begin to see look at what the world is telling us in this time and hour look at the tornadoes that are happening in places they should never occur look at the earthquakes that are occurring in places they should never occur look at how the enemy is using people in mass shootings across our nation it is time for us to shake ourselves and know that God is asking us as a church to stand up and be the church of the living God as soon as we stand up the angelic forces will come behind us and God will use us we have God to be the church why do we raise our hands for just a moment we cannot be satisfied oh but don't you know who I am don't you know the town that I live in? Oh, friends, I do. I do, but that's why God has sent me here on a Sunday morning in May. Because he is challenging us to activate our faith in such a way that we might receive greater visible activated authority. And today, if you could only see yourself, just raise your hands one moment. I feel God. There are some of you in this place that believe that your moment has passed you by. You believe because you couldn't go to where God asked that you will never be able to go. You believe because you couldn't step into the ministry that you felt was your ministry that you can't do anything anymore. That is a lie from hell and a lie from Satan. Stop listening to the voice of hell and start listening to the voice of God. Oh, 
Kisho yala yoko yala yoko diai. Show yoko shiokayai. Oh, yayako. Wake up, son. Wake up. You've been asleep for far too long. You thought you could hide. You thought that by silencing your voice, you thought that by hiding behind your talents, you could hide from me. By doing just enough. But I see you still. Time has not passed you by. Neither have I. I see you and I'm still calling you. There is place in my kingdom for you. I need your voice if you would give it to me. I can go and I can call you and I can bring you. Oh, but what good would that do? You need to surrender to me. You began to fight when the door that you wanted didn't open. So you surrendered not to me, but to your flesh. Yes, I am the God who sees. And I'm the one who will stop. And I will speak because you're so important. Would you heed my voice? Would you hear me today? I have need of you. Friends, can we pick up our hands for just a minute? I believe that the Lord wants to move amongst all of us. 
I've always said that this church is such an important church for this region. That's why you fought so greatly. A strategic point. A strategic point. Over the years, I've seen this church filled with souls. But I know how much you've had to fight. But I feel your time of fighting is drawing to an end. For those who would like to be used, God is going to use you. But mark my words, Pastor Burke and Sister Burke, of those who are here don't want to be used by God, he'll bring them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. He'll bring them in. You can take that word as word from God because there will be a harvest and harvesters are needed. So God will either allow those here to be used as harvesters or he'll bring them in from somewhere else. Because there's a call that is being made. I can tell you what I see in the spirit. It's as if this roof is being opened and there is this stream of light that's being shot up into the heavens. And it's a call that's being made. And saints of Landmark, I want for you to know that if I were you, I would just... Step on in and let God use me. Because when we allow God to use us, our families, for generations to come, if the Lord tarries, we'll be blessed over and over and over again. Can you raise your hands one more time? I still have, I still have so much work here, but... I feel that God is, he's going to allow us a moment here. Can we stand to our feet? I want to be sensitive to the move of God. That's why I went and I knelt and I prayed. And I asked the Lord to connect me here for this morning. Let's raise our hands one more time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give an opportunity for those who would like to come for you to come to the altar before I start calling you.
because I want to give you an opportunity to be sensitive to the move of God first. And when you come, I don't want you to kneel. I want you to stay standing. There are great giftings that will be poured out today. New ministries that will be poured out today. Destinies will be redirected this morning. And as all of this is happening, miracles that you need and healing that you need, All of that will happen in the midst of it. I can tell you that this doesn't happen very often for I'm at and I preach every weekend. Pastor Berger, are your sons here? Are your sons here? I would like for them to come and stand here in the front. If they haven't come by themselves, they are here. If y'all come, and your wives also. Honey, if you could come. Pastor and Sister Burke, if you could stand behind. I used to say it's not my style, but something happened to me in the last two years, so. Church, if you could just raise your hands. Shoyo <laughs> Onarara yo so kosho, onana yo so. 
Hiyoko, Hiniosayoko, Oko Iliosho, Honana Yosondaya, Koola Yosi Hindiokoso, Shokorioso Kararayoso, Shondayoko Sayalayoko. The devil has come after all three of y'all because he would like to shut all three of you up. Just come messing with all of your minds, not just one of you. Because all three of you have different giftings and different talents and different callings. All three of you together are so powerful. Individually, you're powerful, but the three of you together... The three of you together, there's not anyone that would be able to stop you. The devil has tried to put, tried to put the vision among you three. But God would like to lift y'all up. He would like to take you to places you have never walked in the spirit. He would like to use you. All of you have ministry. Today he's going to pour out something supernatural over your lives. In the name of Jesus, church, if you would just point your hands towards your pastor's sons and their families. We're going to say a prayer. There's things I'm going to say to you individually. God is telling this church uh, 
Hallelujah. Do not be worried and well-doing. This is your due season. This is your time. This is your hour. Hallelujah. Cast your nets once again. The multitudes are waiting for you. There is people that is depending on you. There is people that are depending on what you're going to do. The step of faith that you're going to take in the next days, in the next hours, in the next weeks. Cast your nets once again. You have been worried. You have been tired. But this is your due season. You will see the glory of God. You have to keep on pushing. You have to keep on believing. You have to keep on praying. Hallelujah. You are at the point that you will experience. It will not only be the generation that is coming behind you. You will be part of the end time revival for Landmark, for its region. You will be the light that will shine. God is going to lift you up. You are going to be more noticed than ever before. God is going to bring favor, finances, and power to your church. Miracles, 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 wonder-working miracles, wonder-working miracles, wonder-working miracles. You need to believe today, church. You need to believe today. Hallelujah. You need to believe today. Come on, lift up your voice. Don't be passive with what you're feeling right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. It is a struggle, it is a fight. It is something that you're going to have to pray about. Uh, that you're going to have to sacrifice for uh, more than ever before. Uh, but in due season, uh, you will reap. Uh, you will sow. Uh, you will see the glory of God. There has been some ministries and there's been talents and giftings that has been dormant for too long. Hallelujah. Things has passed you by. Opportunities has passed you by. But God is saying today I'm making a, a new season. A, a season a, of growth. A, a season of revival. Not for a man, the people outside. But for the people within inside the church. I am going to give you visions. I am going to let your dreams come true. You are going to be used like a mighty weapon in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is young people in this place. Young people. 
Hallelujah. You are going to be uh, the ones that will carry the fire. You are the ones that will carry the fire of the Holy Ghost. You will go by the byways and the highways and every street in this city and its region. And you will announce that Jesus loves them, that Jesus cares about them, that they need salvation. You will arise with the word in your mouth that will change the life of people. You will teach Bible studies. You will reach out to the lost uh, wherever you go, in your house, in your schools, uh, wherever God has placed you. uh, It's your place in that region uh, for a reason. Uh, God wants to use you. God has empowered you. God is calling you now. Hallelujah. Will you respond Will you respond today? Will you respond with a loud cry? Yes, I will, God. Yes, I will, God. Your will be done in my life. You will be done in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Young people, You are the key. You are the key that will open the next revival. You are the key that will open when you decide that there's going to be a fire shut up inside of you. There will be nothing that will be able to stop it. No force. The enemy. The enemy will be pushed back. Darkness will be pushed back. Sin will be pushed back. Hallelujah. Oh, hell will be pushed back. When the young people of this church rise with a loud voice, when you decide not to be silent anymore, then... Will he pour out his spirit uh, and you will see wonders uh, and miracles and signs and wonders uh, and what the scripture says. uh, Hallelujah, what ear has not heard, uh, what has not entered into the heart of man uh, with the things that God uh, is gonna let you participate with. uh, You will see it uh, and you will experience it. Young people, you are the key So step out, take your place, hallelujah, be led by the Holy Ghost, be submitted to your authority, and let God be glorified in this region, not only in this city, but in this region. Church, would you raise your hands, please? Everyone in the place, raise your hands. We're going to say a prayer of faith. And after I say the prayer of faith, you're going to raise your voice. And you're going to receive exactly what the Lord has for you. Just as my husband said, he prophesied to you young people. He prophesied to the church. But you know the need that you have. And at the same time, you're going to accept the call of the Lord that he has placed upon you. But as you raise your voice, you're going to begin to speak in other tongues and you're going to allow the Lord to fill you. 
You're going to allow the Lord to do something supernatural in your life. You're going to allow him to fill you from the top of your head down to the bottom of your feet. And you're going to feel. You're going to feel the supernatural work of God in your life. As soon as I finish praying this prayer of faith, you're going to open your mouth and you're going to begin to pray. Remember what I said, there's nothing impossible for God, but Mary had to confess in faith. And that's what we're all going to do right now. By the authority that there is in the word of God and the power that there is in the name of Jesus. We come against anything first, whether it be will of man or whether it be any spirit of opposition that comes from hell. You no longer have any place in this building, any tormenting spirit, any lying spirit, any oppressive spirit. We come against you in the name of Jesus. I bind you and I cast you out of this place. You no longer can come against the body of Christ. I lose the gift of faith one more time in this place. Father, I ask you even now that you begin to lift up the saints of Landmark Worship Center. You know our names. You see us where we are at. I ask you, Lord, that you take us, that you shake us, that you feel us, God, that you allow us to be able to Feel your supernatural work and move within our spirits. Lift us up, God. Awaken us. Awaken us to your move, to your power. Allow us to take our place in your kingdom. Posture us, God, so that we can be able to see what you want us to see. Fine-tune our ears so that we can hear only your voice. I ask you, Lord, that you do miracles, signs, and wonders within us. Allow us, God. Allow us, God, to feel what you need us to be able to feel. Do your work in our lives, God. I ask you, Lord, that you open the windows of heaven. I know, God, that there are angels already ministering here amongst us, God. May they minister to those who need it the most. Friends, I ask that you open your mouth. There's some of you that are doing it, but I need for all of us to join in. Open your mouth. Something needs to break. Something needs to break. Show your corio shonana yo colarioso. Orio shonana yo corio saya kayonai. Orio shonana yo corio sondayaka. Just a little more, friends. There's something that's breaking even now in some of your lives. Just a little bit more.
why don't we raise our hands one more time, church? Just one more time. Father, I ask that you continue to bless and keep Landmark Worship Center. I know that you have placed your eye on them and your ears inclined. May your angelic host always be around them. May your word, may your word come to pass just as it has been stated, God. We stand in agreement, Lord. We stand in agreement. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he has done today. Faith cometh by hearing, and we heard the word, and we believe. Amen. Can everybody say amen?